0: And cleansing stream is coming at the exact right time because I need to be cleansed of my bitterness from Sharina assaulting me. Anyway, how many how many of you have had uh, a good time leading up in cleansing stream up until this week? This Saturday, we're going into the cleansing stream retreat. It's going to be an amazing time, a powerful time. Uh, thank you again to Pastor Lance and his team for uh, all the the footwork that needed to get done in putting this thing together. And, um, and to all of the participants in all the small groups that have been going through uh, each lesson that leads up uh, to Cleansing Stream. And so this is the last um, message before the Cleansing Stream weekend. Uh, Auntie Robin and myself will be delivering this message. Uh, how many of you appreciate Robin? Um, so this last, uh, this last message will be prepping our hearts uh, for the Cleansing Stream weekend. I want to... Um, call Robin up would you give her a hand as she comes up to open she's our head intercessor for uh, for our church and also for Maui and um, God has put a great calling on her life uh, not just to pray for the people in in our church but also for uh, the different uh, services outside of the church like the police department and uh, and the fire department and God has been doing great things in those areas so um, thank you Robin.
1: Thank you. Okay, so today the message is, what does it mean to enter the cleansing stream? So we're gonna go back to Genesis (laughs) 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the the waters. Um, God, in six days, he took this mess of nothingness, and he turned it into order and beauty and everything solid and right. Um, And in that, he created, on the sixth day, he created man, our forefathers. Um, His whole goal back then was relationship. He would walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. But when he created us, he gave us free will. So sin came into the world. Eve believed the lie of the enemy. Has God really said that? And that caused sin so that all of us sometimes walk in sin. How many of you, when you were kids, walked in a mud puddle barefooted and you felt the mud squishing between your toes and it was really squishy and felt really good? But when you came out, your feet were still dirty. Um, they, the mud would dry, but you had the residue on your, your feet. That is what sin is like. You can get rid of the sin, but you still have this residue. But man has always wanted to get clean. How many of you remember doing something wrong and feeling the guilt? You have a hard time looking at your parents. You, you don't want to eat. You don't want to go to sleep because all you can do is think about that thing you did wrong. The guilt lays on you, and you can't get rid of it. But man has always tried to get rid of the guilt. And in Psalm, especially King David... King David was a man after God's own heart, but he did the unthinkable. He had an affair with one of his loyal friends and one of his loyal men's wife. His friend was away in battle fighting for Israel and King David had an affair with his wife and got her pregnant. So then to make things better, he kills the guy so that he can marry the wife. He's looking for forgiveness. Psalms 51 is is all about forgiveness. And in Psalms 19:12, it says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. A lot of us, I think almost everybody has secret faults. We like, Pastor Eddie said this morning, we try not to think about it, we don't notice it, but other people see it and we want to be cleansed. Our hearts want to be set free from guilt, from feeling dirty, from just not feeling free and joy. But God promised in the Old Testament that he would do something to cleanse us. Ezekiel 37, 23. I think we have a a script up there. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then Jesus came in his precious blood, cleanses us from all sin in Hebrews 4 15 it says he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin and when we have accepted Jesus into our hearts when we have accepted his forgiveness he put he took the curse on himself and he gave us his righteousness we are no longer sinners saved by grace we are saints in the in the body redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ so in entering into this cleansing stream, it is defined as you coming to Jesus. It is your choice. Jesus chose you. Jesus called you. But will you respond? This is your choice. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus calls us, follow me. There's always a but. We believe the lie. I'm insignificant. I'm just a girl. I'm holy. I'm whatever. You can fill it in. We believe the lie that we're not good enough. A big one here in Hawaii is insignificance. I'm just a nobody. How could God use me? I, I don't have any gifts or skills. I'm not this. I'm not that. Well, I believed the lie. So I'm going to tell you my story. You heard a couple of weeks ago that when I was 20 months old, I got pneumonia, and I was put in the hospital, and my mother had to leave, and I, as I was screaming, the spirit of fear came in, but that's when a lie came in, too. Um, I believed three things in that um, the lie. One, I was powerless, and I was. At 20 months old, I was stuck in a, hosp- in a crib. I couldn't leave. My mom and dad were gone. I was alone. I was powerless. That was true then. I believed because they, uh, my mom came back and said, I'll stay with you for a little bit, but I have to leave again, but you can't cry. I didn't have a voice. I knew that. And the third thing was, I had to be very, very good, or I would be alone again. So growing up, these lies were imprinted on my subconscious because I didn't have much of a vocabulary at 20 months old. And so my mother, my father, none of my family knew that I was believing this. Um, I was a very compliant child. I behaved because I didn't want to be left alone. I didn't want to get in trouble. That would be very bad. And I wasn't power. I didn't have a voice. I wasn't powerful. So I just did what I was told, followed along. I was a good follower. Um, But the devil is a liar. And I did have a destiny. And God was faithful. And he took me when I was almost 50 I went to Cleansing Stream for the first time, got set free of fear. But that was just the beginning. I moved on. And about two years ago, I discovered these three lies that I had been believing. 60 some years. I'm powerless, I don't have a voice, and I'll be left alone. And God showed me, I am powerful, I have a voice, and I am not alone. He has given me friends and families. It's a wonderful journey. So what lie are you believing that is blocking you from your destiny? God made you. He loves you. Jesus died for you, not just for Pastor John, Pastor Eddie, and the person sitting next to you. I used to think, well, God made me so I could have my sons because they're going to do something great. No, I have a destiny. He did. did. Psalms 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a Hope and a future Philippians 1:6. I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you is able to bring it to completion God made you he loves you He wants you to know that when he created you he didn't just say like on day six It is good on day six. He said it is very good God is calling you to come to the cleansing stream because he wants more for you than what you've been currently living. This morning driving down, I saw a beautiful double rainbow. And I was thinking, man, God, you are incredible that you can take water and light and you can split it, refract it, and show us all the different colors that are normally hidden. And I thought, no, God's telling me something deeper, something deeper. God can take the water, the cleansing stream, and the word, the light of God, And he can refract in your life what is truth and what is the lie. God wants to cleanse you. He wants to heal you. So many people are caring about hidden hurts. This world is a tough place. It's not easy. It's not a kind and gentle place. It is hard and people are hurting. And he's inviting you to come. God loves you more than you can imagine. When I met my husband... I thought my heart was so full of love. And then, God gave me two incredible kids, and my heart just blew up, and I, as they, they grew up for the next 18, 20 years, 25 years, I thought, my heart is so full, I can't love any more than I love my kids. And then, in 2000, I had my first granddaughter. And all of a sudden, my heart just, phoom, whole new room, it is huge, and it's full of, and then the second grandchild came, and I, It just keeps expanding. God loves you more than you can imagine. He will heal your hearts and all those deep things deep in your heart, he wants to heal. So he invited you, come enter the cleansing stream.
0: Thank you, Robin. One of the the reasons why we're uh, focused on cleansing stream is not just so that God can work in our hearts and that we can be free but God has a mission and a purpose and a destiny for every single one of us. Uh, I believe that God is doing something in our community and in, in uh, this island and in the circles of influence that you're in where people are ripe for harvest. They're ready to hear about the love of God. And I've just been hearing from different people in our congregation how there's been opportunity to pray for others and how people are so open to receiving prayer right now. And one of the things that, um, you know, before a harvest comes, the farmers take a season to work and clean and uh, prepare all of the tools, sharpen all the tools, and clean all the tools, get ready for the, the summer harvest. And, and this is what Cleansing Stream is. It's, it's a time of of cleansing ourselves, of presenting ourselves before God, working out all the stuff in our lives because He has a mission for you, He has a mission for me. It's not just about us, it's not just about us being healed and cleansed, but God wants to use us to do amazing things. Amen? And so I, I really want to encourage you, if you're not there there's over a hundred people that are signed up, so it's gonna be a powerful time. God's going to do amazing work in the lives of, of the, the ones who come and have prepared and are stepping out in faith. And I really want to encourage you, if you haven't, it's not too late to sign up and to, to be a part of uh, the Cleansing Stream weekend. Um, this is the last message before Cleansing Stream, before the, the, uh, this Saturday. And one of the main things that God asks us to do to prepare ourselves before we come to the altar, before we come to present ourselves before him. It says, if there's any person who has aught against us or if there's any person that we have a hard time with, that we, he, he tells us to leave our gift at the altar, go make right with the person that has irritated us or hurt us or that we have offense against, and then come back. One of the things that we can do from now till Saturday... Is to evaluate our hearts, see where there's any kind of offense, any kind of bitterness, any kind of resentment, and deal with those things in our hearts before we come on Sunday. So this our Saturday. So this is this is the last thing. Four uh, point number four, cleansing starts with forgiving offense. And, and I'd like to say this before before that. Um, I shared last week about how Alexis uh, she had uh, hurt because of a broken relationship. And, you know, as a father, I've been praying for her to, to encounter God, and she never encountered God in a powerful way. She's, like, felt his presence a little bit here and there at camps and stuff, but she said she went to this national park, and, and as she was at this national park, and she was just stressing about, you know, this broken relationship and all the midterms and finals that she had to do, she, she said that she just sat there and she looked at the, uh, the beautiful scenery at this national park with the fall colors of the leaves that were reflecting off of the lake. And she said that the, the love of God just fell on her in such a powerful way that she never felt before. And she said it was so powerful that all of, the, all of the things in her life that she was focused on became so small because she was comparing the love of a person that was created to the love of God who was the creator and he made everything. He, and, and she was just looking at this small little piece of the planet. But he created the whole planet and the whole galaxy. And she said in that moment, the love of God was so great in her life that every single thing that she was stressing about became so small. And, and when she told me that, she said that for four hours, about four hours, she was just bawling, crying because of the power of the love of God. And that you know, that's something that, that we as parents pray for all the time. And, and, you know, as a parent and as a pastor, you know, I, I think, man, what am I doing wrong if she's in college already and she never encountered God? You know, I would ask her questions like, what did God say to you? And she's like, I don't know. Read your Bible. You know, I would get frustrated with her that she's not hearing God's voice. Like, you're not opening your ears, you know, like, uh, and, and then, you know, when she was going through this struggle and stuff, uh, instead of, like, reading her Bible and, and, and pushing into God, I see her just, like, binging on Netflix and anime, and I'm, like, you know, I'm thinking, I want to tell her, stop doing that, just spend time with God, but God was just, you know, encouraging me, give her her space, let her be, I got it. And finally, at 20 years old, she encounters God for herself. And, and God used everything that happened up until that point in her life to reveal his love to her. And I think a lot of times in our lives, what we need is some time just to encounter the presence of God. To, for him to reveal himself to us, to wash away all the all this stuff. And I'm looking forward to Cleansing Stream Weekend not just to like sit in a seminar and hear some stuff, but I need to soak in the presence of God. I need to experience his love. I need to experience his presence so that all the other stuff washes off. Does that make sense? It, our lives go like this. It's not like just a straight line, straight to God. There's, there's valleys and there's mountains and we go through a, a lot of mess in our lives. But it's through that mess that he reveals himself. How many of you can can identify or say that you felt the love of God the most when you were in the darkest times of your life? Or you felt the love of your parents or, or God the most when you made the biggest mistakes? How many can say that? And so a lot of times it's not about being perfect and doing everything right. It's about being surrendered to God and experiencing who he is in our lives. That makes everything um, so small, all of our our problems so small. So that's the first step, is experiencing God, but then to take that love and to take that forgiveness and then to give it to others. So, Sharina, I forgive you for that video. I don't harbor any bitterness. You've just given me ideas of what I can do to make service fun. So... I don't know where she is. <laughs> I have this great video of her on a trampoline. <laughs> where were we? Um, cleansing starts with forgiving offense. Um, the scripture in your notes it says. Then he said to the disciples, "It is impossible that no offenses." Everyone say offenses. Should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, then forgive him. Um, this word offense in the Greek is scandalon, and that word scandalon means a trap with bait. A trap with bait. Offense is Satan's trap in your life, and that offense is the bait. How many of you have experienced somebody offending you and you have the opportunity to hold on to that offense or to let it go? And a lot of times we tend to hold on to that offense and that offense, when we hold on to it, it becomes the bait of Satan and he ensnares us and ensnares our lives. I heard it once said that unforgiveness is drinking poison hoping the other person will die. Unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. And what God does is when he forgives our lives, it empowers us to let go of offense. That's poisoning us. Um, There's two things that offense is. Offense is, number one, the bait of Satan because we can't hold on to offense and experience the fullness of God. But the other thing that offense is, it's, it's it's a purifying fire, a fire Uh, Everyone say purifying fire. Now, what do I mean by that? There's stuff in your life. There's stuff in the life of the person sitting next to you that's a lot of junk. There's junk in all of our lives. But how many of you know that when everything is going good, you look pretty good? Even the most wicked person looks amazing when everything in their life is going right. So, what happens with offense, when you experience offense, the stuff that's inside actually gets a chance to come out. And offense becomes a fire in our lives that surfaces all the junk. And why does all the junk come out? Because God wants to reveal it so he can take it away. Amen? How many of you ever get in a fight with your spouse or with your kids, and after your mouth says stuff, your body reacts or your spirit reacts, and you're like, what did I just say? And it surprises you what's in there. You're shocked at the only thing that comes out of your life, but that fire produced some junk that you never knew was there. God uses offense. He uses things in our lives that will surface the junk. Uh, This is the way that that Luke says it, um, or Peter says it. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if be, you have uh, been grieved by various trials. How many of you in the last season have been grieved by various trials in your life? Grieved by the state, grieved by friends, grieved by family, grieved by media, grieved by people that believe different things. There's so much different trials that we've gone through in the past couple years, but it says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tried, it's tested by fire, may be found to praise and the honor and the glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Every offense in our lives is this purifying fire that surfaces the junk in our lives so that God can cleanse us from it. Joseph, when he was offended by his brothers, he looked at his brothers when he saw them, these men that that sold him into slavery. And instead of holding an offense, and if he held that offense, it would have short-circuited the plan that God had for his life. But instead of holding on to that offense and taking the bait of Satan, he looked at his brothers and he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he used for his glory. And in all of our lives, There is a breakthrough, there's a place of influence that God wants to bring us to if we would just let go of offense. Joseph said what you meant for evil, God used for good. Dross, or the junk, sin is revealed in the fire. It's not created in it. That's really important to understand. I'll say it again, that dross isn't made in the fire, it's just revealed by it. So a lot of times... We get mad at someone if they make us mad. How many of you have gotten mad and then swore? This past week, somebody in our house got cut with a glass and yelled at someone else that left the glass on the table. And "What, What are you doing? And, you know, there was a fight. I won't say who it was. You can guess. And... And a lot of times when we get mad, we point to the person that makes us mad and says, it was your fault. You made me mad. All that junk that's in me, it's because of you. Yeah? How many of you have ever done that? But all that junk was not created by that person. It was already in there. They just helped to surface it. So next time somebody makes you mad, just say, thank you that you're showing me how much of a jerk I am. Because God wants to get rid of all that stuff. It's a cleansing fire because God wants to make our faith, which is more precious than gold, he wants to test it. Um, Our character comes out when we're squeezed. Our true character comes out when we're squeezed. And I look at how I react when I'm under pressure and I'm squeezed and the things that come out of my mouth or the thoughts that I have in my heart and I'm like, man, God, you got to do some work in me because I look at Jesus and he's my model, right? When he was under pressure and he was beaten and he was on the cross and he was bleeding out the life, the very life from his body instead of cursing. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When there was pressure on his life and he was squeezed, the only thing that came out was forgiveness and love. And I think, how can my life be more like that? How can our church's life be more like that? And that's through experiencing the love of God ourselves. And the one thing God will never give us more than we can handle he'll never give us more than we can handle i look back on my life and um there are three main and first i i don't even want to share this because for some of you it's such a minor thing like you think that's the major offenses that you've gone through but there's three major offenses that i went through and i think that god has allowed me to go through these offenses because i'm a wimp and I couldn't handle any more offense than this. Many of you have gone through much more offense than, than what I've experienced. But the first offense was I had a brand new car and somebody crashed it. And it was a hit and run and they took off. And then I tried to collect money from them because someone left a, uh, a note on my car. And they had no money and I had to pay it all myself. And, and so I had this bitterness in my heart, like how can this guy just crash my brand new car and not do anything about it. And it got so bad that I couldn't study. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything. And I was just focused on this jerk that ruined my car. And, and I said, God, I can't handle this. Like, what, 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 what do I do? And he led me to Luke. Luke 17, Luke 18, I believe. Or the end of Luke 17. And it says, bless those that curse you. Pray for those that use you. Do good to those that uh, do good to those that curse you. Pray for. I don't, I don't, I, should I read it? I'll read it. I don't want to mess it up. I'm sorry. It's in Matthew five, verse forty-four. But I say to you, love. Everyone say love. Love your enemies. Bless. Everyone say bless. Bless those who curse you. Do good. Everyone say do good. Do good to those that hate you and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of the Father in heaven for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Therefore, and if you greet Your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do that? Therefore, be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so at that time, I remember I was so bitter and angry, and God said, I want you to bless this guy. That's the way that you're going to get rid of your bitterness. I'm like, what? No, I'll pray for him. So I prayed for him, and my bitterness was still there. And so God took me back to that scripture, do good to this guy. And I had his address, and I had his address, and we were going to take some of my friends and go to his house and threaten him to give me money because, you know, I'm small, so I had to take some big friends. And, uh, And instead of that, God gave me his address, and he said, you have his address, go bless him. And so I remember asking God, what do you want me to do to bless this guy? And he said, give him a couple hundred dollars. And I was like, what? So I wrote out a check, and I'm writing out the check, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he'll feel so guilty that he won't cash this check. And then as that thought entered my mind, I felt like God said, then give him cash. i like, I rebuke that, Satan. In the name of Jesus. And I remember going to the ATM, taking out $200 cash, putting it in an envelope writing his address on it, have all this bitterness in my heart, so much so that like midterms are coming up, I can't study for it and stuff, and I I took that envelope, I put it in the, the mailbox. As soon as I put the flag up, all that bitterness left. Like, it just left. And my mind was clear, my heart was clear, everything was gone, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I realized at that moment that blessing our enemies is not for our enemies blessing our enemies is for us like it set me free when i blessed him and that that taught me so that was like the first thing but then it got into like where my best friend was sexually assaulted and i knew the person that did it to her and i had so much bitterness and i utilized that same technique to get rid of my anger and bitterness was to bless that person and then the last one was, I was on Guam, and I got assaulted by this guy that was on drugs, and I knew where he lived, and instead of calling the police, I made him some brownies, and I took it to his house, and he was like, what's in these brownies? <laughs> I gave it to him, and he was like, aren't you the guy that I like hit through the window? And I'm like, yeah, I came down your road yesterday, and you, you're like, trying to hit me, and he goes why are you giving me this? And I said, because God told me to bless you. And he said, oh, come over to my house after. I'm having a party. And I was like, okay. So I went and he had me pray for the food or something. And that was like one of the weirdest experiences I ever had. Like God told me to bless this guy. I don't even bake brownies, but the only thing that was in my house was like a box of brownies. And I'm like, this is so dumb. (laughs) But I did it and God got rid of my bitterness. And and those scriptures are not just for the people that offend us. They're really to free us. And so there's, there's wisdom in that scripture. Leave your gift at the altar. Go make right with the person that offended you. And if we do that, we place ourselves in a position that God can work in and cleanse us of those things. Amen. Um, I'm just going to read this one. Um, so this is... The book, Bait of Satan, it's a great book on offense and how the enemy uses offense as his bait to keep us from the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Um, But I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to ask Auntie Robin to come up and pray for us uh, to release our offenses before we go into this next week um, for cleansing stream. God refines with afflictions, trials, tribulations— The heat which separates impurities such as unforgiveness, strife, bitterness, anger, envy, and so forth from the character of God in our lives. Sin easily hides where there is no heat of trials and afflictions. In times of prosperity and success, even a wicked man will seem kind and generous. Under the heat of trials, however, the impurities surface. There was a time in my life when I went through intense trials such as I never faced before, I became rude and harsh with those closest to me. My family and friends began to avoid me. I cried out to the Lord, where's all this anger coming from? It wasn't here before. And the Lord responded, son, it is when they liquefy gold and fire that the impurities show up. He then asked the question that changed my life. He said, can you see the impurities in gold before it's put in the fire? No, I answered, but that doesn't mean that they were not there, he said. When the fires of trial hit you, these impurities surfaced. Though hidden to you, they were always visible to me. So now you have the choice that will determine your future. You can remain angry, blaming your wife, your friends, your pastor, and the people who work, you work with, or you can see this dross of sin for what it is and repent receive forgiveness, and I will take my ladle and remove remove these impurities from your life. How many of you want God to remove the things from your life and can see offense as a fire in our lives instead of somebody else's fault? God wants to change our, our hearts and our perspective of offense that it's a bait of Satan, number one, it's a bait of Satan to keep us from the purpose and plans of God but number two, it's actually a fire and a tool that God uses to surface the things in our lives that we can be aware of it so we can surrender those things to God. How many of you want to surrender those things to God and release those things to him? I'm going to ask Auntie Robin to come up and then worship team if uh, we can close in a, in a word. This
1: Why doesn't everybody stand up? And if you have unforgiveness for anyone or an offense I want you to visualize that person or that offense cup your hands and visualize that person in your hands and then repeat after me father God I know unforgiveness is a sin I repent for believing the lie and holding on to unforgiveness And now, Lord, you see this person, this event, this thing that I have in my hands. And I choose of my own free will to bring it to your cross and to turn it upside down and leave this person, this offense, at the foot of your cross. You paid for that with your precious blood. I don't know how, Jesus, but you said on the cross, Father, forgive them. And I choose to align myself with you and your truth in your light and I choose to forgive this person and I trust you that you will handle it according to your righteousness your justice your truth and now I accept forgiveness I accept peace and I accept your way in my life in Jesus' name
0: Lord, we pray that you would do a mighty work, a permanent work in every single one of our hearts. God, we thank you for the assignment that you've given, the destiny and the purpose that you have for every one of our lives. God, that you're cleaning and you're you're refining every single one of us, that we can be the tools used in your harvest. God, we pray, Lord, that we wouldn't take the bait of Satan, that we wouldn't harbor offense, that we wouldn't hold on to the things that that rightfully we could hold on to. But God, we pray that we would let these things go, that we would release them at your feet. Lord, that we would bless those that curse us, do good to those that hate us, pray for those that despitefully use us and persecute us. Lord, that we would be representations of who you are to this world. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name.
1: And everyone said, amen. Can we give him a hand? Thank him for who he is.